0: Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on FEPS-Europe.eu.
1: Hello, good morning. My name is Maria Freitas, FEPS Senior Policy Advisor at FEPS Foundation for European Progressive Studies. And I have the pleasure to host in FEPS Talks podcast of today my Jensen from Denmark who is the secretary-general of the Young European Socialists, yes, the biggest European umbrella organization, Party Political, that comprises a lot of members within Europe and beyond. So welcome, Mai, and thanks for joining the FEPs Talks. Thank you. Today we will speak about millennials in politics. And who are millennials, actually? This is the young generation that was born between 1918 and 2000, aged 15 to 35. And actually, they constitute a quarter of Europe's entire population. My, when we look at millennials and their engagement with politics, there's a lot of misperceptions out there, wouldn't you say? Millennials being depicted as politically apathetic, going to the voting stations is not something really exciting for the millennial generation to do. So. I would like to hear from you. What is your perception as a young person? Do millennials engage in politics today?
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for for inviting me in, and I really love to talk about this topic. I think I agree with you that there are a lot of misconceptions about millennials and about my generation, and I think we need to nuance it a little bit, because it's true to some extent that my generation don't sign up for political parties as much as before, as previous generations. But I think that is, in large, due to the fact that my generation conceives political activism as way many more things than just being member of a party. The, I have seen some studies that show that. What is now very condescending being called clicktivism um, is also seen as a political activity by my generation. So actually liking political parties, sharing political content on social media is also political activism seen with millennial eyes. But it's by the older generation often frowned upon and not seen as political activism. And I think I think that's a shame and I think we need to nuance the picture. That doesn't mean that I don't think it's important that my generation enroll in political parties because that is still the structure the structural foundation of our democracy in Europe. So, of course, we need my generation and younger generations to be active parts of the parties, but there are also some different, some difficulties for that indeed, to happen.
1: Indeed. So, um, in your view, the millennial generation is not that interested in taking part in traditional forms of political participation. But then, my what would your recommendations be on how political parties, and especially progressive parties, can re-engage young people in politics?
0: I think there is a lot of things that has to be done. Um, First of all, I think the parties have to agree that it's important to engage with this generation. And I think for some of our, for some parties, it's also a matter of survival. I'm from Denmark and sometimes we uh, we joke that every time a local branch of the party meets they will start the meeting with 2 minutes of silence for the members uh, who died since the last meeting. <laughs> and I know that's that's super morbid but but it also shows that some places we have a problem that not enough young people are becoming members and the member base is, of course, getting older and older. So it's very cynically, it's a, it's a matter of survival for our political parties and our political family. But I also do strongly believe that younger generations bring new ideas to the table. And I often, or not often, but I sometimes come across that people will say that it's important to engage young people. They will give us a seat at the table or a seat in the, in the panel, but not to actually listen to us, not to take our opinions into account, but merely to have us as some kind of token young people to fill the quota, then we can say that we had one who was under 30 years old in the panel. And that, that can never be good enough for us, because we have to, there has to be a feeling and understanding that the young people's ideas are actually listened to and taken into account.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Mai. Um, Yes, uh, we need to embrace the power of this generation. This generation brings new ideas, has um, a different perception towards how the problems of today uh, can be handled. And definitely, progressive political parties need to have a more open approach to the younger generation. So thanks for sharing. Um, And now, moving on to the issues. So um, we also understood from you now that, yes, there needs to be a new opening for young people uh, to engage. You explained to us how and how do you see that happening. Um, I would like to hear from you what sort of political agenda can actually inspire young people to come more to party meetings, to actually vote.
0: What are the issues that are driving millennial engagement today? Well, I think... In general, young people is interested in almost everything. I really don't buy the conception that it has to be youth policies to engage young people or that it has to be climate crisis to engage young people. Of course, that is really, really high on our agenda because we have a very urgent feeling that it is our future that is taken away from us. Um, but it can be any political theme. I have a lot of, like a lot of my friends and a lot of people in my generation are also very concerned about pension age and the size of the public pensions. Even though that is something that is many, many years from now that will have an impact on, on our lives. I see that our generation is also very concerned about solidarity, even though that's a super old fashioned words that most of my, my friends outside of party politics probably wouldn't use. But the sense that we need, we have a responsibility for each other. And we need to have that to make society work for everybody. And that can be translated into any political theme. I think what the parties have to do to reach more young people, well, I think there are so many things, but on a very local level, they have to restructure the meetings. Again, speaking from maybe a, a more Danish perspective, if when I'm teasing my party and I think I think I'm telling this because I think it might go for for parties in other countries as well, but when I'm teasing my party, I say that the only way to be active in a local party branch is, is if you are elected to the board. Because basically the events that they have are board meetings. And that is not a very open party then if you have to be elected at a General Assembly to even be able to discuss policies. And the party in Denmark, I have to say, has done a lot to change that. But every party needs to think of more engaging ways to have events. So how can we invite members and also the people who are not members yet of our parties to be part of the political discussion and translate that into political decision making? and that's on the very local level and then if you go on the very national and european level we need brave politicians who dare tell the truth and who dare not only bring the compromise to the table but actually bring our values to the table and who has the strong who, who are not afraid to tell the strong narrative that is within our political family and has always been there but some way down the road during financial crisis and all the other crises that my generation have grown up in, the strong narrative of the better society that we should be able to build got lost. And if the only political thing you say is the compromise that you're not even very happy with, then it's really difficult to engage people. And then then my generation starts disengaging. And that's what we have seen. When we see that the grown-up politicians, in quotation marks, were more interested in saving the banks than saving the people who were affected by the financial crisis, then I don't think it's a big wonder that people start disengaging and losing faith in in politics. And I think we really need to be aware of this um, to be able to change it.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, Mai, so uh, this this was very comprehensive. So uh, recommending on uh, stronger engagement at the local level and changing the structures to allow for young people to have a say, a say that actually matters in decision-making processes, that the voices of young people actually impact um, uh, the policies. And most importantly, the political narrative should be positive, should be addressing the people, not saving banks, as you just uh, said now, and most importantly, to bring about a leadership that inspires. So we've touched a bit on the redesign and um, how party organizations and democratic institutions can accommodate new ways of participation. And my, perhaps, um, what is the position then for the young European socialists? with regards to vote at 16. So giving the vote to younger people, uh, not as uh, when they reach the
0: age of 18, but actually lowering the voting age. That would be wonderful. We are 100% in favor of that. And there is, I have no doubt that young people are ready to vote from the age of 16. And why is that, we can We can see that. And I think there are several things. Well, I truly fundamentally believe that people grow with responsibility. The worst thing that you can tell a person is that you don't, you don't give them any responsibility, you don't think that they're able to contribute with anything. And if you give people more responsibility, they will grow. I have no doubt. So, giving young people the responsibility to be able to w- vote from 16, of course they will be able to. Um, and there is not that big a difference between being 16 and 18, to be honest, when we see our young activists, like they are all super cool. And of course, for, from our side, it should also go hand in hand with a better educational system. We really need to enforce the education on democracy and our political system in all levels of education and especially for people under the age of 16 so that everybody will feel ready. I think the situation right now is that you have also 18-year-olds who don't feel ready to vote. I think that is a way bigger problem than lowering the voting age to 16. There is something that is fundamentally lacking in the educational systems all over Europe if we have 18-year-olds who don't feel ready to vote. So, of course, we should address that, but I don't see that as an argument of not lowering the the voting age, um, for sure. And right now we see that the people marching in the Fighters for Futures... That's not that much my generation, it's the generation younger. It's the gen sets. Of course they're ready. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, so political education as being a first
1: step and a recommendation brought forward by my um, to be uh, brought about at the European level. So stronger political education. Yes, we should give uh, 16 years old the right to vote. Uh, because they're responsible and they could change things. In fact, they are already changing things. The Generation Z so it's the generation that immediately comes after the millennial generation and that it's taking action to the streets. Um, Mai, you also were part of uh, the action uh, that took place in New York on the occasion of uh, the United for Climate Justice. So tell us, how was it to go to action and strike for climate urgency
0: in New York? It was such a huge experience. And it was so wonderful to see how that march actually embodied the intergenerational solidarity that we need. Because for sure, the people marching were young, but some of them were so young that they brought their parents, which was quite wonderful. And we saw at the side of the roads we saw a lot of the, from the grown-up generations uh, cheering for us and having signs like "I support you, go, young people," <laughs> and it, it was it was very great. Um, But I'm also a representative of a party-political youth organization. And protesting in the streets and marching always has to go hand-in-hand with hardcore political lobbying and actually trying to change something. And I think, well, what we have seen is the climate crisis is much higher on the political agenda all over the world from the established political parties and the elected politicians, which is really good. also see grown-up politicians saying that, oh, it's so nice to see young people engaging. Uh, You are our conscience. It's so nice and still not actually delivering on the things that the Fridays for Future movement is demanding, or that we as part of political youth organization on the European level is demanding. And I think that is a problem, that the march should never be the aim in itself. It should always be the political change that we're trying to bring about and we're trying to highlight through the march. It can, it, it, Political engagement should never stop with marching. It's also about taking the seat at the table when we're offered it and taking the speaking time, even if we're not on the agenda. Um, and we have, we have to keep doing that. And I think there are still a lot of pol- political leaders that they need to show that they deliver. I think for our progressive family on the European level, it's quite good, and we are very happy that uh, with the portfolio that Franz Timmermans has got in the European Commission. Um, but we will also be monitoring it closely.
1: Very good um, indeed. So we see that the Generation Z mobilization, the millennial generation mobilization on addressing climate justice and bringing the urgency of addressing climate change, has impacted. Uh, the highest uh, agendas at the political level. Nevertheless, my gives a word of caution. This is not enough from mobilization. We actually, as a generation, want to see real change. And it's about our political leaders, our representatives to bring about that change. And Franz Timmermans, executive vice president of the European Commission, was uh, given the portfolio of bringing about the Green New Deal for Europe. And so young European socialists, yes, will be closely monitoring. So that's very good to know. And um, now we talked about um, the structures, the party organization, some recommendations on how um, progressive parties can re-engage the younger generations, new ways to accommodate participation. We touched upon the issue of voting at 16. But now my we are in 2019. And in May 2019 we had historical European elections. Um, and why do I say that these were historical? Why did they matter? Especially when I look at the angle of the younger generations. Um, so we had of course the greatest participation, the greatest turnout in the European elections among um, European citizens. So we had um, voter turnout, so in a sense this was a win for European democracy, but also because younger generations increased this voter turnout. So 14 percentage points um, among younger generations aged under 25 voted, as also an increase of 12 percentage points among those younger generations between 25 and 39 also voted much more than the previous European elections. So do you think that the younger generation's vote for the European elections mattered?
0: I think every vote for the European election matters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have to to stress that. Um, And and yes, I think maybe unfortunately for, for our progressive family, but I think what we see in the numbers is also that the bigger voter turnout for young people were also one of the reasons why we now see that the different political groups in the European Parliament has different sizes than before. And we have a much more diverse situation in, in the European Parliament right now. And that is partly also due to the to the higher voter turnout from uh, from young people. I think the numbers also show that, well, first of all, young people are interested in politics. They do want to have their voices heard, and they they haven't given up on the current democratic system, maybe yet, but they haven't, at least they, they did come out to vote. And it also shows that when you do a targeted campaign to raise the voter turnout, you can actually manage to do it. And I think this is something that is very important to remember. And I would be very sad if What I have seen for previous elections also on different levels is that if we have one good year, then we think everything is fine and then the next time we have the same election, we don't do the same huge effort to get people out to vote. Because we think, well, if you have voted once, you're probably going to vote forever. And I don't think that is true with our generation anymore. It might have been true with with the baby boomer generation that they, had, they voted consistently, I don't think we can, we can assume the same for the younger generations. So I would be very sad if this quite high turnout would result in a less targeted approach five years from now. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so yes, the young people's vote mattered for the European elections, as Mai Jensen conveys to us during our FEPS talks today. And actually, most of the points that you just raised right now were mentioned in the Millennial Dialogue project of FEPS, of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. So we uh, invite our listeners of FEPS Talks podcast to look at www.millennialdialogue.com, where you will be able to find all of the surveys that FEPS has realized in analyzing what are the ways in which the millennial generation is engaging nowadays. And even more recently, we did a pre-election survey, the Millennial Dialogue on Europe, where we also asked about young people's perceptions towards the European Union. And hey, 80% of the millennial generation actually conveyed that they value very much the European project. So indeed my, the millennial generation is interested. The millennial generation wants to have their voices heard and they're ready to vote when the campaign, when the issues that matter to them are taken into consideration and brought on board. And most importantly, voting is not just an exercise that you do every four or five years. Voting is a one-time thing, but political parties and democratic institutions should make efforts in ensuring a constant engagement with their citizens, with their electorates. And when it comes to the millennial generation, we know that the effort needs to be um, a bit greater on that. And now, my, uh, I had a very nice time talking with you about Millennials in Politics today. We are slowly wrapping up um, on our podcast, our FEPs talks, Millennials in Politics. Uh, and I would like, you know, for you to have a last take. Uh, what uh, are the issues that you would like progressive parties, our listeners, to remember from our talk today?
0: Oh, that's a big question to (laughs) end this podcast with. Well, I think instead of trying to sum up these 20 minutes in in one sentence, I would rather like to add one last point of thought, and that is political engagement is not one thing or the other. And I think that's very important both for everybody in my generation, but also for our parties to remember that You can be a member of a political party and still be marching for Fridays for Future. You can also be active in all other kinds of lobby organizations within your specific field of expertise. Um, You can be a union member and very active. And we should be all of those things. Because we do change societies in many different places. And our political parties need to continue the dialogue with the rest of societies that we do when we do the March on the Fridays when we engage in our union, when we are in you know, the teachers' union, or whatever organization or whatever field we are in. And, yeah, I would really love for more people to engage more because everything is political. Very good, Mai. Thank you very much. So
1: political engagement is how and everyone wants it to be can take different forms. We should embrace it as progressive political parties. We should embrace it. The millennial generation can definitely bring a positive uh, impact to our societies to bring about change. Let's engage in a dialogue with the millennial generation. And thank you for listening to FEPS Talks podcast Millennials in Politics. Stay tuned for more. Goodbye.
0: Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FAPS More is yet to come. Stay tuned.